This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. And we're wrapping up a, a series that I started after Easter. So we had Easter Sunday, but then I went straight into this series for, the, for the several weeks called Free at Last. And it's, it's real simple what we've been doing. I've, I've been teaching from the word of the Lord, trying to expose a few lies of the enemy. The enemy, his, you know, the greatest weapon the enemy has for you and your life and your family is deception. And the enemy loves to tell you things that are just not true. And if you're not careful, you'll buy into them. Next thing you know, you're trapped in them. You're trapped in deceit. So how do you defeat a liar? Well, you expose the lie. You call him out. You call him out on the lie, and that defeats the liar. So uh, the first Sunday we did this, we talked about a stronghold. And a stronghold is anything that's made its way into your mind that's presenting. It's pretending. That's a good word. You're going to see that in our scripture in a minute. It's pretending to be bigger and stronger than God. So it could be a diagnosis from a doctor. It could be a bankruptcy it could be a a, maybe a divorce or divorce number two it doesn't matter it could be unruly children or 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 you know you name it it's made its way into your mind that it's so it's so big and it's so powerful that it's even more powerful than God well that's a stronghold and week number two we talked about a stronghold called financial lack and it wasn't some message about giving. It wasn't a message about taking up an offering. It had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with that the enemy wants you to believe that you're never going to have enough. That you're never going to have enough because our culture says you got to have so much. And the truth of the matter is uh, the blessings of the Lord, if you'll put God first, you'll always have your needs met. And, and what God God wants to do in your life is to continue to increase you, to continue to bless you, but not to be stressed Rather, to be blessed. And uh, culture says, you got to live stressed out over money. No, we're going to be blessed, and we're going to do so by, by having some money, and we're going to do so by, by, by honoring and, and the word of the Lord with stewardship. And then last Sunday, what a powerful Sunday that was. Wow. We talked about freedom from dysfunction in the home and dysfunction in our families, and, and uh, Everybody was kind of wondering, wow, have you been at our dinner table all week long? No, I welcomed you to my dinner table. And, and we just kind of talked about dysfunction in the home. All of these are available on our app. They're all available on the website. You got to get them. Get them in your heart. Listen to them over and over and over again. And today, guys, today's huge. We're going to be talking about freedom from addiction. Freedom from addiction. We're going to be free at last from addiction. And two things just happened Two things just now just happened in this room when you heard the word addiction. Some of you, you honestly said to yourself, wow, I've been needing this. I've been praying for this. Thank you, God, for the word that's about to come forth because I need help there. And then there's others of you that thought, wow, thank you, Lord, a Sunday that's not for me today. Truth is, this sermon is for every single one of us in the room because I'm going to show you what real addiction is. Because there's a misconception that addiction is set aside for the alcoholic. 
addiction set aside for the porn uh, addict or, or, the, or the meth addict. Let me tell you something. Every single one of us have something in our lives that we, that we do that we don't want to do, but we can't stop doing. And I'm going to help you with it in Scripture. You ready to go? Got your Bibles out? All right, let's get started. To the Scriptures we go for our text that we've been working from all month, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. In other words, the stuff we're trying to defeat it's not going to be done with a handgun. It's not going to be done with a missile. It's done this way. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power. In other words, they are supernatural weapons that have divine power to demolish strongholds. Again, anything that's pretending to be bigger than God. We demolish arguments in every pretension that's where we get our word pretending that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to do what with it? Make it obedient to Christ. Addiction. My prayer over this service coming into this weekend, what I've been praying for is for someone to say next week, next year, 20 years from now, Pastor Tommy, do you remember the last Sunday in April of 2018? That was the Sunday that everything changed for me. Because I was finally free from something that had a hold of me. And I was able to get free from it. That's my prayer for you. So get ready to receive that. We all have something that if it wasn't in our lives, we would be better off for it. And Paul... Paul has a way of saying things that all of us know and think and feel, but we just don't know how to put it into words. Paul says in Romans 7 that the struggle that we're all dealing with is so real. Here's how Paul says it. Romans 7, verse 21. So I find this law at work. In other words, I see this happening. This is what I see happening. I find this law at work. When I want to do good... Evil is right there with me. For my inner being, all of us have this heart, and most of us in the room, we want to do what's right. Most of us in this room want to do, do what's healthy. Most of us, our heart's good, but it says, I see another work in the members of my body. <laughs> my heart wants to do right, but my hands get me in trouble. My heart wants to do right, but my feet take me places I shouldn't go. My heart wants to do right, but my brain takes me places it should never entertain. My eyes see things it shouldn't see. My ears, well, they hear things I shouldn't ever hear. I want to do right, but I can't, I can't seem to get control of this body of mine. And it goes on to say um, that the members of my body are waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. And then Paul, he just goes all in and says, what a wretched man I am. He is beating himself up. And the killer part about this is that Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If Paul thinks he's hitting curveballs and striking out and can't even take second on a good day, how are all of us feeling, right? None of us have written two-thirds of the New Testament. 
Heck, most of us don't even know the difference in the Old and the New Testament. And we're sitting here, Paul's saying, what a wretched man I am. What a wretched man I am. What's the struggle that I'm talking about? You and me doing things that we don't want to do and we can't stop doing it. So what are those things before some of you think, man, this sermon's like totally off my radar. I'm not, I'm not an addict. You constantly criticize and your spouse tells you you constantly criticize. And you say, I don't even realize I'm critical. You're an addict. You take body language like this when someone's trying to talk to you. And your spouse says, why do you always take that posture like you're angry? I didn't even know I did it, honey. Well, you do do it. Well, I never noticed I do it. Well, you're doing it now. I don't even understand what you're talking about. Well, I'm going to take video of it. <laughs> you can't stop doing it. <laughs> Our staff, we all kind of laugh. We kind of find things that we're all addicted to. Like Pastor Dustin, he's addicted to the word excited. I'm so excited, so excited you're here today. I'm excited, I'm excited. Why are you excited? I'm just excited, I'm excited. And every other word's amazing, it's so amazing. What are you excited about? It's just amazing, amazing excitement. And they tell me that I can't, I can't talk without this. And, and I'll be telling, I'll say, no I don't. I don't do that. And, and I'm constantly doing this. And, and all of us have things that we just can't seem to stop doing. So it's not just for the alcoholic, the drug addict, the porn guy or porn lady. It's not that. This sermon is for you that love blizzards. <laughs> and you can't stop. Like right now, you went, dude, today. No, you got to stop. <laughs> I'm preaching to me. For the chocolate lovers in the room. It's for the coffee drinkers in the room. Y'all just want me to keep on? Do you want me to stop right now? It's for the Coca-Cola, the Dr. Pepper, the sweet tea. It's for every single one of us. It's for the OCD people that just can't seem to be okay with one little thing out of place. The Lord cured me of that years ago. <laughs> the Nora is praying that spirit to come back on my life. I'm like, I'm totally fine with this mess. Every single one of us have something that we need to address. And some of it's kind of fun. I'm, I'm trying to keep it light right now because I don't want to exclude somebody that needs this because you feel like your issue is not that big of a deal in the scope of culture. But it is a big deal because it's your deal. It's not his or her deal. It's your deal. It's, it's, it's biting your nails. Well, that's a big deal to you. You, 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 you walk around like this. You don't do drugs, but you do this. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. What are you looking at? I don't have a problem. Everybody's got a deal. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you ain't right, bro. Brother on the second row going. <laughs> you were playing me right there. I know you, dude. <laughs> 
I'm going to get him distracted because his deal is attention. I'm going to mess him up for the rest of them 38 minutes. Everybody say addiction. We need to get freed up. We need to get healthy. So how do we do it? Well, first of all, we expose the lie of the enemy. Let me give you a few lies. This is what he tells us. These things you cannot hand, uh, you cannot stay, you can't keep them in your, in your ear. You, you got to get freedom from it. First of all is that I've tried. I've tried and I'll never be able to get over it. My father was an alcoholic. My grandfather, his grandfather, we're just, we're, we're alcoholics. So, I mean, I've tried. I made it three days without a drink. I made it three months, but I'll always be an alcoholic. I've tried to tell the truth. You know, I went 24 hours without telling a lie, and then I slipped back into it. It's obvious, Pastor Tommy. You don't get it. You don't know that struggle. I, I, can't, I can't make it a week without telling, even if it's just a little white lie. The lie of the enemy is that nothing will ever change for you, that this is your lot in life. You're a heavy spender. You never have enough money. I'm having to give all my responsibility over to my spouse. Our financial responsibility is going to go on them. Why? Because I, I can't handle it. I, you give me a dollar, it's gone. You give me 20, it's gone. You give me 100, it's gone. I can't, I can't stop spending money. The lie of the enemy is that you can never stop doing what you're doing and that it's never going to be better than it is. It's a lie. You're not eternally trapped. And I'm going to show you in Scripture why. Here's another lie that he tells you. And that is that you take on the identity of the addiction. So where you become really def defensive. You become really defensive. So you know it's an issue and you start owning that issue to the point where it's causing issues greater than the issue itself. Hey, have you been drinking? No, I ain't been drinking. Why do you think I've been drinking? Well, I, just, I smelled some alcohol. You've been drinking. I ain't been drinking. Well, well there's some beer in the, in, the, in the refrigerator I just did. Well, that was George's. He came over and it was his. Leave me alone. I ain't been drinking. And you get all defensive, which turns into turmoil in the relationship. And, 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 and it just spirals out of control. And then we got a temper tantrum over the issue, have you been eating any more ice cream? I just looked in the fridge and there's a spoon in the, in the sink. It looked like ice cream. It's milk. That's some frosted flakes. And some ice cream. Made my own little frosted flake snack. You get defensive. Hey, I, I just looked on the bank account and did you by chance go to Kohl's? Why are, you, why are you just stalking our bank account? Well, I'm, it's our money. Go to Kohl's. I don't understand why everybody's looking at Denora. I'm looking at you, Ryan. It's not looking at Denora. I'm looking at you, boy. So the enemy wants you to think that, 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 that they're, they're talking about you when they're only talking about the issue. They're trying to help you with your issue, but you get defensive, so it's all about you. So now people don't like you. No, it's, it's the issue that you have. And then the other thing you're going to have to work through, and that is that you, the enemy has you trained in this thing called addiction, that you just need one more. If you just get one more, that's going to be the last one. Just one more fix, just one more, one more view, one more, one more hearing of that, one, one more text to her. 
or, or, or one more date with him, just one more. If I can just get one more, it's going to be over. But, but the enemy has you like a, like a, like a fish. He's got you, he set the hook, and he's just kind of playing with you, making you think you're free, and then he kind of pulls you a little bit and make you, he pulls you a little bit. And the enemy has you believing that the next one's your last one, and, and then your flesh knows better. So how do we get free? Everybody say these words out loud. Say, I will rise up and find freedom from addiction. Do you notice the words? You're going to have to do some rising up, and God's going to help you with the supernatural, and you're going to have to deal with the natural. This is going to be an extremely heavy theology-type message mixed in with a lot of works message because this is the kind of stuff where you partner with God and God partners with you, and you can be free at last from addiction. Let's get started. Romans 7 and Romans 8. Romans 7, verse 24 and 25. Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. This is the day that everything changes for somebody in this 10 o'clock service. Paul says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Sounds like a lot of us, right? Is there no one who can do anything for me? The answer, thank God, somebody get excited about it, is that Jesus Christ can and does. What is it that he's done and is doing? The, the, the message that I'm reading from, it just lays it out. It says, he acted. I love that word. He acted. That means he did something. He, he took upon that, that flesh and God did something through the Son, Jesus Christ. He says he acted to set things right. Where? In this life of contradictions. What does that mean, this life of contradictions? Well, you know, we've already talked about it. Where he wants to serve God with all of his heart and mind, but he's pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Your secret to freedom from addiction is not found in you. It's not found in a program. It's not found in, 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 in a step. The real secret of freedom in addic from addiction is found in Jesus. And this is why. I'm fixing, to, I'm fixing to stretch some of you. Everybody awake? This is why. Because the root of addiction is another word that you're not going to want to hear. It's the word idolatry. Whoa. I just, I, 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 okay, you already called me out on my addiction. I do. I have a little, I have a little. A little problem, but it's not idolatry. Well, it is when you know what idolatry is. Idolatry is anything that we allow to sit on the throne of our hearts other than God. Anything. For me, I struggle. You're going to, you're either going to laugh at this, but I'm hoping that some of you will, you'll understand. It's my struggle. I love golf. I love hunting. I love fishing. Those are hobbies. Yeah. And let me tell you something right now, real quick. I'm just laying it out there. It can be a real problem in my life. Somebody said an amen. Not you, Ryan. Denora. It's a hobby, right? It's a hobby that at times I'll slip up, take God off the throne. And I'll put a hobby on there. 
It's no different than people taking drugs and putting it on there. It's no different than people taking pornography and putting it on there. It's no different than people taking a a critical negative uh, uh, attitude and putting it on there. It's no different than having anger on there. It's no no different. Don't try to categorize what what your addiction is. Addiction is anything that has become an idol in your life. An idol is anything that has taken its rightful place in the throne that only one can sit on. And God has realized that's before me. It can even be your family. It can even be your kids. Whoa. Parents can slip up and they will choose their kids before they choose God. What do you mean by that, Pastor Tommy? This is in complete contradiction to the Word of God, but you're my baby, it's okay. A little thick in here. Now catch your breath. You could choose your spouse. You could choose your career. You could choose money. You could choose. You could choose anything and take God from His throne and place it there. So what are? Is there any hope for all of us, Pastor? Yeah, there's a lot of hope. We're going to read on now. Romans eight verse one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Here's the secret. This is why why it's got your answer from, from addiction is Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Newsflash. I wish I would have put a graphic that said this. Newsflash. You don't have to do what you don't want to do. You don't have to eat it. You don't have to drink it. You don't have to think it. You don't have to say it. You don't have to go there. You don't have to be that. Well, I think I do because I'm an addict to it. No, you're not. You have another God in your life. And we will be a slave to whatever is on the throne of our hearts. That's why the breaking of addiction, it must start right here. It's spiritual. Man, I think it's more discipline, right? It's spiritual. We'll get to discipline, but it's spiritual. Because what has happened, caffeine, chocolate, sweets, spending money, I can just go all day long, example after example. It's become God. And you worship it. And the minute that you take it off the throne and replace it with your Lord and Savior, now we are posturing ourselves to go to work on some things that we control. But the very first thing is, if you're ever going to break the addiction, he's got to be Lord. And if you'll make him Lord, he will reveal to you the plan on getting freed up. So what's the plan? First of all, you're going to have to put God first in all areas. First in your time, first in your heart, 
first in your mind. You have to put him first, 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 first. How do we know that? A little Old Testament helps us with it. The book of Exodus chapter number 20, verse number 1. And God spoke these words. God spoke them. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the one that's brought you out of sin. I'm the one that's brought you out of addiction, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. This is the declaration that the other side of the coin to this scripture is, if you choose to have another God before me, you're going to have an idol, and idolatry will lead to addiction. So here's, here's the potential with all of us in this room. We can be free from whatever it is that has us bound, and we can become a slave to God. He can have ownership of us. We can approach this slavery concept in a whole different way. Wouldn't it be fabulous to be addicted to God? Wouldn't it be incredible to be addicted to the word of the Lord? Just like you drive by Dairy Queen and you want that ice cream cone, you can look at the Bible and say, I'm sorry, everybody, you got to give me a few minutes. i got, I got, I got to get into this. Why? Because you don't understand what it does for me. The word of the Lord, it just, it builds me up. It changes my mind. It changes my attitude. I got to get hooked on the word of God to the point where I can't go another day without it. Guys, you got to make him first in everything. And here's where the work starts. Once you declare him Lord of all, you got to have to start saying no to the flesh. You're going to have to put some boots on. You're going to have to put some gloves on your hands. You're going to have to put a hard hat on, put some safety glasses on, put a little sunscreen on your neck, and you're going to have to go to work. You're going to have to go to work. Faith without works is dead. Now, we don't work for our salvation. We work from it. Now that we've made him Lord and Savior, now we go to work, working from our salvation. How do we do that? Romans 6, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Everybody say body. Now, now let me just stop there. Do you know, that some, some of you, it's been a while since you've, since you've considered this. Do you know you're made up of three parts? You're made up of spirit, soul, and body. Your spirit is what Paul said wants to do what's right. Your spirit wants to love your spouse. Your spirit wants to be honest. Your spirit your spirit really does. It, it, your conscience knows not to take what doesn't belong to you. Your, your heart wants to do what's right. But the problem is that's not all that you're made up in. You're, you also have a soul. Your soul is your thoughts, your emotions, your will. And once your heart has a partner now called thoughts, will, emotions, now it's not, it's not a one-part uh, entity it's sharing some retail space, and now you're thinking, I need to buy that, but, but, but you don't have the money for it. I know, but I've got a credit card, but, but you're not supposed to swipe that. But I want it, but what are you going to do? I'm going to buy it. How, how are you going to pay for it? I don't know. But guess what? There's somebody else at the party. It's your body. Your spirit saying, don't, don't buy it. Your thoughts are like, I want it. And your body says, do it. <laughs> Those look good. Those are the slickest kicks I've ever seen. Just think, all the looks, 
Your thoughts, yeah, think about them looks. Don't do it. We can't afford it. Do it. And your spirit is wanting to do what's right. Your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings, they're, they're kind of caught in the struggle in the middle. And your body, your body will, ne- somebody hear this, your body will never lead you to Jesus. That's why Jesus had to crucify the body. The body had to die at Calvary, everybody. You can't forget this. The body had to die. Why? Because the payment for sin is always death. The body had to die. You and I will never break free from addiction if we don't put God first and if we don't learn how to say no to who? The body. Do it. I I can't today. You've never told me no before. I'm telling you no now. And the thoughts, I don't know what we should do right now. (laughs) Spirit saying no and and the body saying yes and and I'm kind of stuck in the middle. What do we do? We all three come together and agree the body is stupid. There's not a physical body that wants to exercise. The physical body wants to blow up like a tarp at the Macy's parade. The spirit, the spirit wants to pray. The body wants to sleep. The spirit wants to be healthy. The body wants to just, you know, it just wants to buy and spend and be stupid. So what do we do? We make him Lord and we got to start saying no to the body. Why? Because what I say no to the most and what I starve will die. And the way you starve the body is to put the body in its place. That's why Jesus put it on a cross. He put it in its place. Somebody say that's good preaching. Do you receive it though? Somebody's going to get free from addiction and you just thought it was going to cost you five grand and you're going to have to go off to like Sacramento somewhere and you're going to, you know, go, go missing for a month and a half. You thought you was Justin Bieber or something like that. You don't need all that. What you need is put God back on the throne and say no to the flesh. I said Conway Twitty at the 830 service. Oh, Conway, boy. You know y'all loved some Conway back in the day. Everybody say, say no to the body. Man, we're going to rise up, y'all. We're going to rise up. We're going to be free. What did we start this series out with? We're going to be free from strongholds. There's nothing going to come into my mind that makes me think and pretend to be bigger than God. Nothing's bigger than God. I don't care what it is. Nothing's bigger. And I'm not going to fall in week number two. I'm going to rise up and I'm going to get a hold of my finances. Whatever it is coming in, I'm going to give God the first portion of it. I'm going to manage the rest of it. I'm not going to get myself trapped into debt anymore. I'm going to be solvent. I'm going to be financially sound. Doesn't mean I'm going to be wealthy. It just means that whatever God trusts me with, I'm going to be able to look at him and say, I trust you with it. And I'm going to take it and manage it well. And then last Sunday, what are we going to do? We're going to rise up and we're going to get a hold of our family. No, we're not perfect, but we're going to be healthy. We're not perfect, but we're going to be happy. We're not, we're not perfect, but we're not going to let a problem go not without, without being dealt with. We're going to be functional. And then today, we're going to rise up. 
And we're not going to let anything call the shots in our lives. He's the one calling the shots. We're taking it off the throne and putting God on the throne. Come on. We're going to be free from addiction. Come on, somebody. Say amen. So how do we do this? Well, last and not least, (laughs) this is the big one. You're going to have to go all in with Jesus. It's about, it, you know, it's, the weather's changing. Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it's cold one day, it's warm, it's cold, it's warm. Hang in there long enough, it's about to be hot. And once it does, people are going to start swimming. But that water, that water's not quite ready. And you're going to put your foot in it and go, that doesn't feel that bad. I think I can do it. Uh, it's a little cold, but it's good because it's hot. I'm hot. Yeah. We're going a little deeper. Okay. <laughs> it's still good. <laughs> Hand me my tea. <laughs> it's a little. Going a little deeper. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I can't do it. What do we do to overcome that? We go all in. And some of you are trying to get freed up from some stuff by just kind of giving Jesus a Sunday. You're just kind of giving Jesus a little bit of time. You're just giving Jesus a little bit of attention. Listen to me, guys. All you're doing is making yourself miserable. Because until he has all of you, you can't have all of him. But if you'll go all in, if you'll just go to the diving board in faith and say, you know what? Everybody look at me. I'm about to cannonball up into the word of God. I'm about to jackknife all up into the Holy Spirit. I'm going all in. And if you'll go all in, you'll see freedom. Romans 12, verse number 2. Fix, F-I-X, fix your attention on God. Why? Because you'll be changed where? From the inside out. Fix your attention. You ever been talking to somebody and they have one eye over here and one eye on you? It's like, hey, look at me. Oh, what? God's saying, get your eyes off of that. I want both eyes on me. Fix your attention on me where I can change you from the inside out. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God wants to bring the best out of you, developing maturity in you. Why? Well, if whatever I starve is going to die, then whatever I feed is going to thrive. I'm going to starve out my body and my wants and and desires, and I'm going to go all in with Jesus. I close this sermon the last couple of weeks, we've had some video testimonials, and they've been powerful. My friends Rudy and Selena talked to us about getting financially healthy, and they went through Financial Peace University, got the credit scores up. They got a down payment saved up, and they bought them a house. Well, last week, my, my very, very close friends, Pastor Dustin and Pastor Catherine Watts, they, they opened up their, their hearts, a great moment of vulnerability, and revealed to us that Even that family in ministry went through a time in their life of dysfunction. But because of lordship, they're healthy. Well, today, I close this sermon with, I'm wanting to to show you how you rise up. I'm wanting to get this in your heart, to be rising up, to take it all in and take it all on. Friend of mine, 
uh, found himself at a really low spot in life. He found himself very low. He's a part of our congregation here. He and his family are actually here today in this service. And, and I know his story. And there was a point in his life where he had to rise up and he had to break addiction. I want it to be a blessing to you. Watch this. Hey guys, Corey Clayton here. Been, me and my family have been attending Calvary Church now for five or six months, and, and I just wanted to take a few minutes and, and tell you guys about the way the Lord's blessed me and answered my prayers. Uh, I'm going to give you a quick story, and it's going to start out in mid-August 2003. Uh, I was homeless. I had no car. Uh, had a $300 a day drug habit. It, it, it's funny to say, but I was enjoying life. Uh, it's kind of funny, but so over the next couple of days, you know, through the end of August, I started praying. I don't think I believed in God, but I was praying for help. I was praying for answers. And, and, uh, I wanted, uh, something was telling me, call your dad, call your dad and see if he can, he can help you get cleaned up. So I call my dad and dad invites me back in the house. We weren't getting along at the time, but he invites me back in, puts me to work at his Allstate agency. Something I never wanted to do was be in the family insurance business. So I go to work, uh, love the job, come to find out it's uh, person skills and, and I love it. So I excel and through a couple of job changes, I meet a gentleman that's moved down here from Ohio and he took a liking to me and uh, through him, he, he granted us a, a loan for a second car. We were a one car family at this time and, and we're just struggling to get by with two little kids and he granted us a loan for a second car, something I had prayed about. I know for six months, uh, how are we gonna get the kid to practice and this and that, the second car was king, so he gave it to me. Uh, we had also prayed for freedom. You know, I wanted to coach my kids soccer, I wanted to take them fishing, I wanted to go on the field trip, so we had prayed, how are we gonna get that freedom? Uh, God granted that freedom, because when I went and picked the check up for the loan on the truck, the gentleman that gave me the loan also handed me a check to go into business. Uh, he afforded me the funds to open Metroplex Insurance. Something we prayed about, and I'm gonna be honest with you, this is uh, 2013, 2012, and, and I still don't know that I believed in God. So all these blessings came to me, but none of them amount to the blessing that is my wife. Early on in my sobriety, I had made the biggest prayer of my life, and I had asked God to give me a, a good, strong woman that was gonna be able to deal with the trials and tribulations that I was gonna be going through the next couple of of years and he gave me Sam what a blessing uh, I, I couldn't have ever dreamed that, that he would give her to me and through that he's given me Reagan and Jordan my two daughters that I cherish uh, so that's just a quick tidbit on the way the Lord's blessed me I hope you find comfort and, and are able to pray and, and uh, receive the Lord's blessings the same way all right why don't we stand together we're gonna rise up together this morning amen amen let's all stand you're broken down and tired of living life on a merry-go-round and you can't find the fighter but I see it in you so we gonna walk it out move mountains we're gonna walk it out and
silence isn't quiet And it feels like it's getting hard to breathe And I know you feel like dying But I promise we'll take the world to its feet And move mountains We'll bring it to its feet And I'm telling you right now, everybody, it's going to be a day on your calendar. You got your birthdays on your calendar. You got Christmas on your calendar. But the Holy Spirit's about to put a gift on your life that you're going to remember for a long time. It's going to be your day of freedom where you finally got a hold of what's been having a hold of you. Every eye closed and every head bowed. The very first thing I need to ask you today is, I'm looking for the man or the woman, possibly the couple, that you're ready to remove that which is on the throne that belongs to God. You're ready to verbalize what your heart senses, that you need to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You're ready to repent of your sins and you're ready to declare by faith the saving grace of God over your life that will secure you for eternity. You're ready to be saved. Without any hesitation, lift your hand quickly. I want to pray over you. If you know you're ready to give your heart to Jesus with every hand that's lifted, you're ready to give your heart to Jesus. I see your hands lifted up. This prayer is for you. Come into agreement with me. Are you ready? Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. My sin has been one of idolatry. My sin, Lord, is one that's the natural sin of all mankind. I've made something else other than you, God. And I repent of that sin. And today I give verbal instructions to whatever it is to be removed in the name of Jesus. 
Only Jesus Christ of Nazareth is my Lord and Savior. And by faith, I am saved by the grace of God. And I receive my salvation today in Jesus' name. Now for the next moment or two, I'm fixing to open up an old-fashioned altar. This is the way I grew up. I'm fixing to open up an altar, and I've had my friends that are here today. There's some of you that you're not, I'm not asking you to confess. You don't need a priest. You have a high priest in Jesus, but you need a friend. You need a friend to say, I'm in this with you. So if you have an issue that you're working through and you just need to rise up by faith and claim it, I know a miracle worker. I know a way maker. His name is Jesus. And he wants to do something supernatural in your life that will change you forever. So over the next few minutes, we're just going to give you an opportunity to find freedom. Freedom. Freedom at last. You're going to be able to say, I'm free from this. It's been so long, but now, now I'm free. Are you ready for it? Here's your prayer. Get ready to put your feet into action. Don't wait. Don't think. Just respond by faith. Grab a hand. Take someone and say, I need him to go to the altar today. Why? Because it's at the altar where I crucified my body, my flesh. I'm going to say no to what's been driving my life. Here we go, everybody. Get ready to respond in the name of Jesus. Father, I come against all doubt, fear, worry, questions, and wonder. And by faith, I pray for freedom to come into these men and women. Set them free from any and all strongholds. Today, especially addictions that have a hold of them. Set them free in the name of the Lord. Amen and amen. Let's clap our hands to Jesus. All right, everybody. Stacy, help us out. Altar's open. Who's going to be the first to say this?